Okay. <coughs> me, 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 me. <coughs> la, 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 la. Faso latino. People thought the same thing. I just don't know how it goes. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna start sound of music here. Okay. All right. So here we go. Ready? Ready. Here we are. So welcome to episode number 21. 21. Hey, we're legal. Yes, we now are. We should totally be drinking. <laughs> we should totally be drinking on this episode. Uh, I got you covered. Here we are, transparency and teaching. Um, today we're talking about how to become a teacher, well, how to get a teaching credential um, and all the ins and outs that go around that. It's kind of an interesting thing when you think about it. Um, you know, as uh, I was thinking about this a lot and one of the things I thought about was, well, you know, we do expect professionals to have some kind of licensure, right? You go to a doctor and you look on the wall probably and see like, does that guy have any uh, credentials? What university go to? Oh, summa cum laude, great. This guy looks reliable. We, yes. didn't, we didn't say hello. <laughs> oh. Teacher, <Sorry>. teacher, <laughs> teacher. <laughs> you forgot to say our names, teacher. <laughs> okay, there we go, start over. Yeah, you should just leave it. Sharon's over here raising her hand in, in, in the video. <laughs> me, me, me. You should have just you should have just interrupted and said, and I'm Sharon. <laughs> but then but I didn't know how that right, would do right. editing. Here we go. Here we go. Start over. <laughs> and welcome to episode number 21. Can you believe it's 21 already? Yay, mm. we get to be legal. It's my age all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Reliving our youth. Yeah. Well, here, here we are at Transparency and Teaching and it's me, Anne, and... Jen. <laughs> and Sharon. <laughs> we Marines! That's like the most awkward introduction ever. Well, Jen always is supposed to go second. Uh, she wasn't going to say it. anything. Why are we doing this? In, is this alphabetical order? Is that the deal? Hey, let's no, go by the middle she... name. <laughs> <laughs> we, she says middle name because all of us, for some weird reason, all of us, our middle name is Lynn. That's weird. That is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's we just, so freaking bizarre. Out, like yesterday. If, we never knew that. If it's a triple X Lens. Triple L? Yeah. <laughs> triple, what is it? Large size? Triple large? No, X rated. Duh. <laughs> L? How does L go with? Never mind. I thought L was like 50. In no, triple, L, triple yeah, X is, is X rated, right? Isn't it? Yeah, but we don't, but we don't have an X. We're an L. Oh my gosh. Women, get with it. <laughs> How do you spell Lynn? <laughs> with an X. The X is silent. <laughs> okay anyway and meanwhile back to the podcast <laughs> so today we're talking about uh credentialing 
because we got to thinking after we were talking about tenure is like, why do we even like, what does a teacher credential mean? How is that even, you know, what is, is it necessary? Uh, how do you get one? Um, is it uh, applicable to what we're doing anymore? I don't know. So I, I started thinking about this when I, you know, and when we go out and you go to like a doctor, right? You go look on the wall behind their head, you go, oh, look at there's their graduation, oh, their, there's their degree, and it's got, you know, magnus cum laude on there. Okay, so it's probably a good guy. Go to a, a lawyer. Yes. That helps. Um, you go to a, a lawyer, <laughs> you go to a lawyer, and, and same thing. Like, oh, where'd they go to school? They have their law degree. They passed the bar exam. Now, that's all well and good, but what about a teacher? I have mine on my wall. I know, but does it does it hold the same? All my multiple degrees right. from all my multiple different universities and all their different size frames. I don't even know where mine's at. I know, but the point I'm trying to make is is that okay. even is that even uh, the same thing? Do, do, do people look at a degree behind a teacher's head and go, oh, they have to be, that must mean they're uh, very educated Just and, not, yeah. and successful. I, and I don't think most people efficient. know what it takes to be a teacher, mm -mm. honestly. I think most people have no idea. Well, and I think the other comparison between those things is when you're, when you're getting, getting a law degree and you're getting, uh, let's say, a medical degree, those are very specific um, uh, topics that have very specific curriculums. There's, you learn the law, the law is the law. It's not like sometimes this works and sometimes that mm -hmm. works. It's, this is the law. Same thing with doctors, right? It medicine, the body works in a certain way and you have to learn that, but do all teacher do, is teaching like that. Do, yes. Do, because I think it's a lot like medicine. I do because really? yes, because you practice medicine. Every person's body is different. Just like every student is different. Yes. You have a baseline of information that you go on. You have certain diagnostic tests that you do, but it's the art of practicing medicine. It's the art of practicing teaching. I think they're very similar. I don't know. I think it's more, uh, I think it's less specific because there are certain things that you have to know in order to be a doctor. I mean, you have to understand the body systems. You have to have some basic knowledge of biology and some chemistry. And I don't know that teaching is that specific. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you can know psychology um, and you can know some sociology. Maybe you can know some lesson planning, but I think that because our clientele is so diverse and different. Constantly changing. Yeah, constantly changing and your school environment and the people you work with. I don't know. I think there's just too many ifs and ands to put a credential on it. So, so that's what we're kind of talking about today is what is all this credentialing stuff about? And uh, first of all, what are the requirements to become a teacher? How do you become a hero? <laughs> all right. So requirements to become a teacher. How, how does this magical process work? Well, right. So first of all, um, all states, okay, if you're going to be a teacher in the United States, all states require that prospective teachers have at least a bachelor's degree. So sorry, people, you've got to get that bachelor's degree. And then you have to complete um, some kind of a state approved teacher preparation program to get your uh, certification. Um, hey, Jen, what can I can I interrupt you yeah. for a second? I, I found 
that, you know, since the uh, Wall Street Journal reported that there's a 40% decrease in enrollment in teacher prep programs, a lot of states have reduced there needs to be a teacher and uh, Utah has made it so individuals with one to three years of college classes and um, practice teaching can receive certification. So how do you practice teaching while you're in college if you don't have a certificate? How do you practice teaching while you're in college if you don't have a certificate? Do you sub? I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I think the point is that still most most teachers are almost all yeah. have it. Yes. Yeah, bachelor's yes. at least at least. Yeah, and uh, certification is is this basically it's the same thing as uh, let's see if I say this word right licensure. Did I say it right? License that word is say it five times. Um, so so that's basically <laughs> the same thing. So this certification, um, this teacher preparation program, it's it's consists of two different things, right? Curricula and fieldwork. Fieldwork would be like um, observations in other classes, internships, maybe student teaching, maybe all three of those. And your curricula, that would be instruction on things like, uh, you know, your, the classes you would take on teaching fundamental skills, pedagogy, um, preparing students to research, design, implement learning experiences in their field of study, things like that. So. Um, curricula and fieldwork, those are the basic, uh, that's the fine tune of this teacher preparation program. Let's talk about public schools versus private schools. What is there a difference in requirements? Um, yeah, public schools require, um, again, a minimum of a bachelor's degree, except for what Sharon was saying. That sounds like it's being a little tweaked in, in some states um, and a teaching certificate to be a teacher. And these requirements in public schools, they are, they are set by the state. Um, on the other hand, private schools, their requirements um, are set by the individual governing boards. Most private schools typically, they a lot of them do follow the same require requirements as public schools. But however, um, there are some private schools that do not require a teaching certificate at all. And in some cases, they hire teachers without even a specific degree. Now, on the complete other side of that, there are also private schools that only look to hire teachers who hold an advanced degree. So that's the, that's kind of the difference between public and private schools. What about colleges and universities? What if you want to teach at a college or university? This was interesting. This, this was very interesting to me. So um, unlike preparing to teach in an elementary or secondary school, that's us, preparation for college often doesn't include courses on teaching skills. With a master's degree in a subject area, you can teach that subject in a community college or teach in a university as a teaching assistant. Teaching assistants are usually students that have uh, enrolled themselves in, a, in some sort of a doctoral program. To teach in a university, a PhD in a subject area is the accepted criteria. So what, what did I just say? No credential necessary for either college or university. I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? Really? I, yes. I, didn't know, I didn't know that, <laughs> but I guess I've never really researched it or you know even thought about teaching at that level before, but I was like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. The biggest... Yeah, you have a master's degree. You're good. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, you know, you are, but not for not for a tenured position at a university. You right. Can do that job with a master's yeah. degree at a university, but um, also 
colleges and universities are more like, I don't know, skill specific. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person like, for example, my person is a, a retired police officer and has a whole gob of knowledge about policing. And he has been offered um, of the ability to teach at a community college, you know, uh, classes on policing, which he's got the credentials yeah. for. If you ask, you know, he's got the he's experience. So, it, yeah. Definitely. And when you get into like the universities, the, the key to getting a job at a university is to be involved in some very high profile research or have published books, because those are the people that attracts paying students to come to your university. So it's really not about like, do you know how to teach? It's basically based more on your background yeah. and yeah. your With, knowledge of your area. Are you an but, but, but there, and then also they're teaching uh, <clears throat> adults. <laughs> I mean, it's technically, I guess, you know, um, they're teaching adults because, and they, they're not dealing they, with the same kind of problems. Exactly. That, they're not dealing with discipline. Yeah. They get to pick who they put, who they let into their organization. They are picking. Well, except right. for community colleges, community colleges, I think take everybody. Right. But you're still not dealing with like, stop hitting your, yeah. your partner. But why did you put the gum? Under yeah. the Raise your hand if you want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> put the pencil out of your nose. Yeah. Don't stab Billy anymore. <laughs> put your mask on your nose and your mouth. Yeah. Cover your mouth to cough. Yeah. So they don't, they're not dealing with the same kind of issues. So perhaps credentialing isn't as important, like, because of what they're doing. I don't know. Sometimes if you think about it too, those teachers are, are supposedly teaching people have skills already. They have all the basic knowledge where um, elementary, high school, junior high school teachers, we are the people who are supposed to be instilling the ability for them to go to college, right? I think what you're trying to say is that as a public school teacher and the, hopefully the goal of the commission is to have a standard of integrity, and relevance and preparation so that when kids are in public schools, it doesn't matter which public school they are in, they're supposed to be getting an equal education because hopefully all of the teachers have been prepared equally. And that is why you have a credentialing program. So to become a teacher, then um, it just uh, got to go to a four-year college, basically. Yeah. Um, you need a master's if you want to make any money at it pretty much. You're not going to make any money in public schools with just a bachelor's. So that's tough. Um, I don't know. Your master's degree on our district gets you $350 more a year. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you make that much difference. But it's not even that necessarily the master's, it's the, it's unit the units, units that come with it. Yes. It's yeah. the classes that you take. So they don't necessarily have to be for a master's. Right. Yeah. That extra 350 bucks a year. Right. Yeah. So, you could be all the way over in the pay column without a master as long as you have the enough units. Yeah. Right. Which is actually the cheaper way to do that. Yeah. In some <laughs> I'm sure it is. Well, the other thing about doing it that way is you get to pick the classes yes. that are relevant to you and what you need for, you know, your classroom. Like, I mean, like those are the best classes that I took were those independent classes, mm -hmm. like from the University of Phoenix to get like a few units and, you know, all about California's natural history. And we went to Death Valley. I learned so much stuff yeah. about ge geology, <laughs> geology that I didn't oh, know. Man. Geology, geology, that was the coolest class ever. 
I loved that class. Hey, what about, there's different kinds of credentials too, though. Yes. There's multiple subject, Mm -hmm. single subject, single subject. So what's the difference? Well, multiple subject means you can teach elementary because you're teaching multiple subjects, right? And that's, in other words, you have to have a multiple subject credential to teach elementary school, meaning that you've been prepared to teach multiple classes across, across the curriculum. Well, that depends on how the elementary school does it, because for instance, and I don't know exactly how they do science credentials now, but my science credential is a life science credential. And I am credentialed to teach K through 12 for life science. So if an elementary school wanted to have a science specialist, they can, and they actually, they did when the money was good. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. You know, and you would go to that school or you would go to several schools and you would get those kids in a pullout science program. So you don't have to necessarily have a multiple subject credential to teach in elementary Unless you're doing a full, you know, one class single teacher, which is right. I think, most common, yes. but in um, junior high and high school, because of the no child left behind, uh, when that passed, now you have to have quote unquote, highly, highly qualified teachers. In other words, you're only supposed to have teachers who are credentialed in that particular subject, teaching those classes. So I, I have a multiple subject so credential. I. Um, but I don't renew it because why? And then, because I'm just teaching English. So I also have a single subject English credential that um, I took a, qualifi- a qualifying test in order to get that. So you were tested on your knowledge for English and they said, you can teach English because you know a lot about English. See, I'm, I'm different. I, I have a multiple subject and I did not take a test to be able to teach single subject because I teach single subject history, I went back and I got more units. That's what I did. I took two more classes and it gave me a supplement in history. And I have a supplement in English because those cl- those units counted twice. I was like, oh, hell yeah, that, that works for me. Um, but yeah, so I, I took, I chose to take the classes instead of taking that stupid test. But right. That's, that is the two ways you can do yeah. it. There are tests. Yeah, well, I you, took units also. Uh-huh. I took units uh, to get my credential. The, the National Teachers Examination, and they had it in all these different subject areas. I think now that's been replaced by the Praxis, mm-hmm. which is what most, a lot of teachers have to take. And a lot of states require you to take and pass either the Praxis. I think there's Praxis 1, Praxis, praxis 2, which I think is a uh, single subject for the second one. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that's uh, another particular or possible requirement in order to get a, a, a credential or a teaching job. So administrators in those upper grades are required to find high, quote unquote, highly qualified teachers in order to teach every subject that they have there. So technically speaking, you're not allowed to teach out of your subject area anymore. But you can, I, I believe you can, if you are in process of getting those units, like if you have a credential, like if I have a credential, emergency credentials were a big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. If I have a credential in science, in life science, and I'm going to teach an earth science class, then I need an earth science supplemental, but they can put me in that position. And I think it's two years that they give you to get, to get it done. done. Yeah. All right. So, uh, those are, those are the basic requirements then to, uh, you know, become a teacher. So, it's not free though. Mm-mm, nothing <laughs> is free. It is not free. So when uh, 
when we come back from our little break here, uh, Sharon's going to get us into like the money part. Dun, dun, dun. You're broke. Yes. All right, Sharon, now that we have returned from our lengthy break, um, <laughs> can, you, can you go ahead and give us a little breakdown about what, what is this going to cost me to get my teaching credential and keep it? Blood. Your firstborn. Your firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> Rapunzel. <laughs> That, wait, which is the one where the little elf guy wants the firstborn? Was that Rapunzel? Never mind. No. That that you know I don't remember because I had to take a stupid children literature class and uh, it was stupid, so I don't remember. It's Rumpelstiltskin. There you go. Rumpel. That one. I know it's a little person. You have to pay to get your credential, then you have to pay to renew your credential, um, and. <clears throat> And in California, where we are, you have to, your initial credential is $100. Renewing it is $100. <laughs> you, have to, you have to renew it every five years, but you have to renew it, but you don't have to do anything. Nope. The only thing you have to do to renew it is to give them 100 bucks. Yeah, it's to give them your debit card digits, baby. Yes. I'm paying you. I'm paying you to get my credential renewed because I need you to tell my district that I'm still me. I don't even know what, like- What a joke. It used to be, we had to have a hundred, I think it was like 150 hours of professional development that we had to keep track of and have the principal sign off on. Yeah. But then at yeah. some point that changed and I don't I don't really remember the exact dates that that- Did changed. you have to do that? I did. Yes. Yeah. Jen, okay, and then, so do you remember when, it, when did you start teaching? Um, 2005, <laughs> I got tired. I got hired at our district in 2005. And I remember okay. not for, it wasn't for very long though. It was maybe a couple years, maybe three years yeah. max. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it was around 2008 yeah. when the economy tanked and everything was like, boom, and everybody got laid off and we got our, our salaries cut big time, which by the way, have never gotten back to. Um, it, I think that is when they like waived that requirement. But so the interesting point is now we've got these bills going through in California to even waive more things for teaching credentialing because we already have a shortage of teachers and then our California assembly is going, hmm, well, COVID's going to increase those problems. So let's make some exceptions. And so uh, that's in the works right now to change what is required and allow that to be a little bit more uh, lenient so we can have more, more teachers available because we don't have enough teachers. What are they saying that they want to do? So um, you can exempt candidates from the basic skills test if they earn a B or better in coursework and tests approved by a university teacher prep program. Um, and it would allow candidates for single or multiple subject credentials, this is Assembly Bill 2485, to the option to use coursework in subjects related to the credential they are seeking instead of taking the California subject examination for teachers um, because of this pandemic is gonna drastically affect all teaching positions. And 40% of teacher candidates struggle to pass the gauntlet of standardized <laughs> tests required like for them to earn a credential, which according to the data from the Commission on Teaching Credential, because all of those tests you have to pay to take, 
And then you have to pay because yeah. a teacher credentialing, and you have to pay to renew your teacher credential, and you have to pay hey. for them to keep track of it. You have to pay someone else to get your freaking fingerprints done. Yeah. So it's they, that means you go to the commission on credentialing. That you have to pay somebody completely different for that. Um, it sounds like a racket, doesn't it? It's it sounds totally like a fucking yeah. racket because like they're all in in cahoots together. Like, hey, if we make him take these tests, then, it is. Then you guys can do that, and then we'll we'll make them pay these fees. So, did where we were? I was curious, like where where are these fees going? What are they being used for? The all these fees that they're charging for credentials and renewals and certificates and all of that. What's well, what, I asked. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. Tell, tell, tell. I'm just, just going to read. I'm going to read my reply. You sent an email, yes, right? Yes, I did. I sent an email, and okay. this was my reply. Wait, uh, who did you send it to? Commission on Teaching Credential Office. So I sent it to somebody, and then I got a reply from the Public Affairs Manager. Um, and uh, the reply was the commission <laughs> is what's known as a specially funded agency meaning mm-hmm. that all agency support comes from the fees it collects and not from state revenue. So nobody else is paying for any of this shit except for us. Yep. And the, the only way that they function is on the fees they collect from us. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. That's yeah, like- and so the fees received go toward the teaching credentialing fund, which the agency uses to support its operations. So basically they collect the fees to pay themselves. And who, who is part of that? Who is on that credentialing group of people? Okay. Well, that yeah. I just had. Oh, was what? 19 was like people. That. I got it. I got it. So um, this California commission on teacher, teach, I can't even fucking speak today. Uh, <laughs> that was me. Teaching. <laughs> teaching credentialing is an agency in the executive branch of the California state government. It was created in 1970. So it's even that old, but oh huh. we're all older. Well, maybe Jen's not um, the Ryan act. And it is, but listen to this. It is the oldest of the autonomous state standards boards in the nation. Anyway, the purpose of the agency is to serve as a state standards board for educator preparation for the public schools of California the licensing and credentialing of professional educators in the state, the enforcement of professional practices of educators, and the discipline of credential holders in the state of California. So like disciplining that chick that we talked They're about in our last episode, right? The governor appointed commission consists of six classroom teachers, one school administrator, one school board member, one school counselor or services credential holder, and one higher education faculty member from an institute of teacher education and four public members. So he typically appoints them for four year terms and they are volunteers and unpaid. So they don't get paid, Mm. but the college people get paid and the college people don't vote. <laughs> so you got you got the voting people aren't paid. The non-voting people are paid. <laughs> and the, no, the non-voting people are the higher ed people, which are the ones that are going, oh, we're going to give a teaching credential program. And this is what the teachers are going to have to take. And we want them to take this many units. And oh, you have to pay for those mm-hmm. units. 
Okay, so let's increase the number of units that they have to take. So they're going to have to pay, pay more. for that. And then they got to pay to take the test. And then they got to pay to take the credential. And then they got to pay to renew it. And that's going to pay you guys. Nice. So this is, this is, this is who these people are responsible for reviewing all of the applications that come in to decide whether or not each of those candidates are now qualified, qualified to become a teacher. Um, and they're also the people I believe then that set, set the requirements mm -hmm. for that credential. Um, and I think what you're trying to say is that <laughs> the, uh, it's, it, it kind of sounds like the, uh, the people who are on the board that are, represent higher ed are going like, hey, how can we get more money on these people by let's decide on what coursework they have to take because they're going to have to come to our universities and take that. And you I know. mean, let's hope that's not their thought, but doesn't it like, I guess that's why they're not voting, but they're paid. They're paid. So, I mean, like, how, like, how do you, how, I don't know, how do you make that not a conflict of interest? But then again, they, they have to be part of the conversation because they're the ones who are providing the service. So they have to be part of the conversation. There's no, you can't do it without them. You know, no. I mean, unless you're, unless you're just going to say, you know what, we're not going to have a teaching credential, you know, and the districts can decide who they want to hire. <laughs> I mean, unless you do that, but then that doesn't fit in the vision of public schools because the whole goal of public schools is to provide equal education across the board. So it's kind of like, you have to have it. it. It seems like it's kind of a loop of who, where the, you know, the money's just looping through these people. But, but I understand why we have it because it's public school. It's not like, it's not like someone's applying and you're we need to have selecting some standards. them. We ha there has to yeah. be some standard of, of, of uh, you know, I want to say standard of care, but that's medical, but you have to have some standards that are, that people meet in order to be qualified for that. I understand that. I mean, right. that makes sense. Um, however, you know, as we know, grading and subjects and school is all very subjective. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So subjective. Yes. It is what it is. But uh, that kind of brings me uh, or us to the, uh, the place where, so having these credentials, does that really make you a qualified teacher does that really mean that you are able to do the job in the classroom is it worth it so uh let's take a little break when we come back we'll see if it's worth it to really get these credentials <laughs> We're talking about, we just heard about credentialing, the cost of it. Uh, it's not cheap and it's, and the money doesn't really go to anything <laughs> except to support the credentialing people who are doing the yays or nays on credentialing. So is it really worth it? Do, do, does having a credential make a difference to students? And I did a lot of research. I was on like I, I mean, I went to Google Scholar, you guys. I was oh, reading. Oh, good for you. I was actually reading reports on this. And it, um, she's the and A in our class right here. <laughs> Google Scholar is where I go to get my COVID information. Yeah. But, um, you know, so again, like Jen said earlier, um, almost every state requires some form of like a bachelor's degree. And um, 
uh, and then you have to have like the 30 units or something after that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you take an examination to prove your knowledge in a, in an area. So the bottom line is the, do credentials matter? And what I found is, well, you know, no. sort of, sort of. Uh, it, depending on the study you read, some of them will say, oh yes, these students, you know, they perform better with credential teachers and other ones that you read say, no, not really. It didn't really make a difference. However, I, I do have to say the uh, overwhelming amount of studies did, did lean towards having a credential being uh, better for students to a point, to a point. So um, the, 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 the thing is it mattered more, having a credential mattered more to teachers who teach math and science. So teachers who are credentialed in math and science actually do benefit students more than having, it's like, it makes a bigger difference than having a credential in English or something else or history. Those didn't seem to matter as much. Um, why do you think that is? Yeah, why is that? Why? I, I think it, it's kind of like it's, again, uh, more specific. You know, it's like science, science is like science. You got to know, it's like when I was saying earlier about medicine and law, there are certain things you have to know and have experience with. And, and the more complex the class, in other words, mm -hmm. like the higher the math class level, the more specialized and more knowledgeable the teacher, the better. And I think, um, I don't know, I just think, I hate, I hate to say it, but I think those classes are uh, harder. It's, it's more like you have to know certain things where in harder, they're better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in English, and rules. English, <laughs> in English and history, it's more about discussion. Yeah. Like you are, you find out something that happened in history and then you, you discuss the relevance of it. It's not that it's set in stone. Like things that happen in math and science are set in stone. You have to know formulas. You have Fact to know based, how to. Yeah. So I think that's why it matters. Um, also, they said that a lot of the studies did show that teachers with credentials have a better effect on students um, than teachers who don't. They were using a lot of the Teach for America um, kids, uh, candidates as, you know, uh, what to compare credential and non-credential teachers with, but wait, wait, that's interesting because, and I am, this is just, uh, what I've heard from a teacher who works in a school that gets lots of teach for America teachers. Hmm. And, um, what he said is the kids are like, uh, whatever. They're not staying. Right. So That's they, it. they don't, they don't give them the benefit of like, oh, you're my new teacher. They're like, whatever you're here for investing. You're not, you're not invested. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. invested in us. So we're not going to invest in you. So that could be a huge factor. That's in, a huge factor. I would think that was, that was a lot of what they said. And plus the fact that they said that most of the studies I read suggested that the, the reason that credential teachers seem to have a higher um, impact and a, a more positive impact is because credentialed teachers tend to work with higher performing students. So the more, the higher the credential teacher, the usually they're working with the more advanced students. So in other words, we tend to put um, the least experienced, least credential teachers with the worst or the most needy students. We do. 
And yeah, because when you get seniority mm-hmm. and you've been mm-hmm. teaching a while and you've got the, you've got some clout, you get to kind of say, oh, I'm teaching, I want to teach these honors classes now. When what they really should be doing is taking the most credentialed teachers, the most experienced teachers should be working with the neediest students is what they're trying to say. But instead, most districts right. put the, the best credentialed uh, teachers with the highest performing students, which is why they're well, and that just widens like, the gap too, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and then it's probably skewing the fact that credentials make that much of a difference. Right, right, because that's experience. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it was also interesting because um, teachers they found that th- that experience for teachers kind of maxes out at five years. Like between the, the between a new teacher like three to five years is when they're really, that you really see growth in a teacher. Wow. And, that's and what yeah, we're talking about tenure, before. Five years. Tenure, same thing. <laughs> if you put yeah. it right in there, look at all these factors that support our beliefs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud that you found this in. Yeah, of course, you know. Um, yeah, so that has that. And after that, it kind of like, it kind of levels off. Uh, you don't really get um, a whole bunch of advancement. In fact, where was one, something I read that like after 21 to 25 years, actually it goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Experience levels like, right you know. Right at the end of that retirement like, tunnel, come on. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, but that's where we're at. That's I know, but at. that's what they're saying is I think there's almost like at that point, there's a lot of complacency that's what the suggestion was, is that mm-hmm. the, inno- the, the the desire to innovate and to do things differently is kind of petered out. And you know, there's that, not a- I have to make a comment on that because, you know, I like to comment um, because, uh, you know, me being at a new school, right, mm-hmm. this year and working with new people and I uh, work closely with our um, science liaison person with the district and, um, and she kind of sometimes has a little beef with some of the teachers that have been there longer. They don't come to some optional meetings and participate in stuff. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, I got those older teachers. And I'm like, girl, man, me, (laughs) I'm like the same (laughs) age. (laughs) I have like, I have the same, you know, years of experience as they, I was teaching in the district before they were like, and, and she's like, no, but you're different. You're different. You're different. And I'm like, I can't be that different because at our school, I still consider the junior high, my school Mm -hmm. uh, at our school, like everybody is like that. No matter, like, I mean, very few people at the end. I mean, I can't even think of any at the end of retirement. I was like, oh, I'm getting going to retire. I'm going to like kick back now. Like none of the teachers that I've worked with throughout my entire time at that school have ever been like that. But I guess that's like a real, like it's a real thing. Cause she's just like, well, you're the, you're the exception. I'm like, I'm not the exception. Well, uh, I guess you are according to research. Yes. But, um, so what are the benefits of um, having a credential? What's the benefits of, cred- of credentialing? So first of all, that it's better for disadvantaged kids to have people who are credentialed. They did, you know, if you can put the credentialed people with the disadvantaged kids, you are going, you are going to help them. So um, the disadvantages of it are certification doesn't necessarily keep bad teachers out. No. So no. It, it, it has nothing to do with, is this a capable you know, person? Is this a capable teacher? And um, tech, you know, basically, or typically, that's the word I'm looking for. Typically, 
higher pay for more certification, right? They, you generally, the more certification you have, the higher your pay is going to go. But um, that's no consideration on the effectiveness of that. Of that's that just going to keep the cra- keep the crappy teacher there longer. <laughs> Woo, make right? More money. <laughs> right. And it, it encourages, like you said, it encourages the bad teachers to just hang in there. Um, and so, like we said, like having a credential doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good teacher or that you're effective or that you even can help um, make kid, make a difference. It doesn't necessarily affect kids better. However, as Sharon was mentioning, more and more districts are coming up with alternative ways in order to get a credential to meet teacher shortages. Um, and um, so what happens with that? So what, what happens if a, if a district has alternative ways or they take different kinds of credentials versus the, the most common university ones, you know? So again, there are some studies that say one thing and others that say something else, but basically what they found happens when you have um, alternative ways of, I mean, real alternative ways, because a lot of universities bought onto that. Oh yeah, we have an alternative way of uh, credentialing you. It's much easier and it's almost the yeah. same thing. So if you had a genuine different way of doing it, which is like what Sharon was reading earlier about using university courses and bypassing tests or things like that, they did find that more minority uh, minorities were represented in the teacher pool. Um, and of course, we all know that minority children le- learn better from people who look like them. So that was one benefit of that. Um, that there were actually more people who would enroll in the teaching certification programs uh, if they knew there was an alternative way of getting that. Um, And um, they didn't, they, one study I read said that they found that the students from these alternatively certified teachers outperformed the students from certificated teachers. So I did see one, one, one uh, study I saw had that in there. Now, I think the, the cons of that are that, does this water down the profession with less capable people? So if you're letting, are you, if you're letting in more and more people, are, is the pool of quality going down? Or does that mean that you're gonna have a bigger pool of qualified people to pull To, to be pull more in, picky about, have, yeah. But yes, and that you're going to have to weed out, you'll, you'll still have to do the weeding out process, but you'll have more people coming in who would be possibly co- uh, quality. You know, that's interesting because uh, when we had a math teacher who had a student teacher from a very prestigious university here in town, um, who usually produces fantastic teachers, and she turned him down to recommend him uh-huh. to being a teacher. And I remember she that. Said, I, I, yeah, she said, I can't recommend you to be a teacher. Mm-mm. And he was like, what do you mean? Was, he was just like a nervous wreck yeah. every time he was in class. And she's like, you're just not, you're just not teacher material. And, um, and that's what the, when she was talking with the people at the, because she did the teacher training stuff, taught classes there too. And they said, yeah, the quality of people applying to the program is less because there's, no regard for teachers and there's a nobody's applying because nobody wants to be a teacher because everybody's salary is getting cut everybody's getting laid off you know that was during that time and the candidates were not to the quality that they were used to getting so 
but then again, the, the other thought I had in what you were saying though, Anne, is, but if you can get those minorities in where they're not paying an arm and a leg for all these classes mm -hmm. at these universities, then you know, you, maybe you're not decreasing the quality. Maybe you're increasing the quality because you've got people that can relate to the kids that the kids can relate to because kids like to see people that look like them. I think that we definitely, the profession is overwhelmingly, like in California, the teaching per, um, profession is overwhelmingly white. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, but our population of students is overwhelmingly Hispanic. Yes. And so that's, that's like a, a really bad discrepancy in, in who's teaching. So if you can bring in more people and encourage more people um, in minority, well, anymore, it's not a minority, right? We're going to end up being minority majority here super quick here in California. So we're going to have to change what majority means. <laughs> but um, I thought there is a study uh, that was done over, um, I think it was over 10 years um, on in North Carolina and grades three, four, and five. And the results of the study I thought were pretty interesting. The results showed that having a graduate degree had little effect on student achievement. So that teachers who entered the teacher, uh, entered teaching with a master's degree or who earned it within five years of beginning to teach, they were as effective as teachers without a master's degree, right? Um, and teachers who earned a master's degree more than, more than five years after they started teaching were actually less effective than those without master's degrees. <laughs> so I thought that, that was pretty, wow. pretty interesting, right? So in, in other words, if you're not going to get your master's degree within the first five years of teaching, don't bother because it just makes you a worse teacher. <laughs> oh, saves you a hey. bunch of money. Just take those basket weaving classes and move over on the college. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Bird watching. So Speckle cock. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cock? Spacklecock. <laughs> <laughs> the kind you don't want to mess with that has a bunch of uh, polka dots on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, it, this was a really interesting day. I had quite a, quite a bit of information about that. And this is where they were talking about how it really affects math more. Um, they said that um, they, the authors found that having a math teacher with low scores on the licensing examining exams um, and who had little experience and had an undergraduate degree from a non-competitive mm -hmm. university or, or they had an emergency license was about the equivalent to having uh, the effect of a poorly educated parent on a kid. So that's that's that, huge. I mean, that's going to be that's a huge. bad math teacher, and and you can't. Yes, they, yeah. They, they gonna, in other words, they can't help their kids. <laughs> They're not very good at what they do. Well, you know, you know what I, you know what is part of that also is once you know the kids are kind of like, mm, yeah, you, you kind of messed up there, and then oh, you messed up again. Then it's like they don't trust you. They don't trust right? you. To, they don't trust you to know the content. <laughs> right. Right. So, so they'll stop listening to you. So then even if you knew the next part, they're not going to listen to you now because they've already discounted you. So that, you know, their, their suggestion was that um, these, any school that puts teachers with weak credentialing, like they don't have a strong background and they don't have, a, they didn't come from a good college. And you put those, those teachers into classrooms with educationally disadvantaged kids, the, the learning gap gets bigger. Yeah. And, and it has to do a lot with, um, so, you know, socioeconomic disadvantages. So, I mean, so I guess a credential 
the, what, what matters with the credential is where, where it came from, you know? So that's what they're saying. Like if you came from a good, a good school and if it's in math and science, it's way more important than if it is with reading and history uh, reading and history, English and history. So but that's, well, and that's kind of interesting because, um, because I am science and uh, in my teaching credential program, I know we were talking about this before, Jen, where you're like, mm. I don't learn anything. And I'm like, you know, I kind of, I, I liked my teaching mm -mm. credential program. I learned quite a bit, especially in my teaching science class. Yes. Yeah, it was teaching science to students. And in that class, I really, I really liked it. Now, I don't, I don't think the person teaching was still in the classroom, um, but she had been in the classroom. She, maybe she still is. I don't remember. Um, but we all made lessons yeah. and we practiced teaching with each other. And we, you know, and that gave us the, um, a lot of like science, you got to manage materials. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that gave us a lot of insight. Well, it's, like, it sounds well, like, how are you going to manage these materials? It sounds like when you talk about your credential program, it sounds a lot more structured and it sounds like you had a lot more um, classes that were geared towards actually um, this is how you do this in the classroom. Right? right. Not with mine. My, I felt like my credential was the biggest waste of time. Like I, I felt like I took the same class 10 times. It just had a different name, you know? And that's uh -huh. when I was talking about before I had this one project that I did. Oh, you know, you different instruction for this different kind of kid and these different learning modalities, blah, 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 blah. I did that. I took the same freaking paper that I wrote. And then I changed the kids' names. Like for every time I turned this damn paper in, it was such a, <laughs> like such a waste, just waste of time. Now, when did I actually feel like I actually learned something? was when I was in the classroom, right? My student teaching, that was extremely helpful. Yes. And subbing was huge. Subbing was yes. huge. And um, the one thing that I was so thankful for, um, and this had nothing to do with my credential, but this is where I really could, could, you know, take my learning to another level is when I came to our district for an entire week, for five days, I had to be in a different person's classroom every day. And I was in your classroom at one point for one period. I was. And I remember thinking, God damn, this chick is fucking buff. Anyways, so yeah. So anyways, um, I was in a different class every period for an entire week. And what that did for me was I got to see some amazing teachers. I got to, I'm sorry, even at our school, I got to see some teachers that weren't that great. I got to see some great, you know, classroom management. I saw some shitty classroom management. And I took all those things, right? And that's when I started to create myself, create me of, of the, the, good, the good practices that I saw and the crappy practices that I saw. That was the biggest, that for me, that was the biggest learning experience. Not my credential classes. Those were a freaking joke. You know what I so mean? So who told you to do that? Um, the person that hired me, our mm -hmm. principal that hired me said, this is what you're going to do for week one. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that was yeah, phenomenal. Me too. He told me that too. Phenomenal. I was like, whoa, that yeah. was, that was the best experience. And then, and then like, well, I think last year and the year before I started trying to do that again, mm -hmm. like on my prep, like going into different people's rooms and like, I was in your room several times mm -hmm. and I came in your room several times just to kind of see how things are going. I think it's, right. uh, I think it's, I think it's important. And it kind of sucks that we get so stuck in, like, I've got so much to do. I, I can't 
spend the time watching somebody else. Like that's yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. When actually that, it's not it's a waste not of time at all. That brings me then to uh, the final thing I want to uh, talk about today, and that is Change. what what would be our recommendations then to fix the credentialing program because. It, we know that having a credential does not guarantee that you are a good teacher. Mm-mm. It doesn't really even guarantee that you are knowledgeable about your topic either. You can uh, jump through hoops and well, you can you, pay money. Yeah. And, and you, you can, can interview see. well, you could do a great oh. interview that doesn't say shit about what happens when you're put in front of a class, of, you know, 30, 40 kids. Right. And if you think about it, most districts don't require uh-uh. any demonstration of your ability no. to teach. Or they hire you, right? You you rely on their they rely on your transcripts or which is dumb because that same principal he used to do that when he mm-hmm. hired people. Mm-hmm. I had people in my room that were applying for jobs and they taught my kids and we watched. That's how it should be. You should it should be yes. We you should, should get that. some yeah. I liked it. There's a one school and I know in San Diego High Tech High, which is an amazing yes. school. If you ever get a chance to go mm-hmm. visit that school and take a tour, do it. Um, it's amazing. But the way they hire, I know their practice of hiring is that they have the teacher comes in, they teach a course, um, a class or two, and then they actually the faculty um, and the students who are in that class talk about it and decide like, is this a good teacher? Is this not a good teacher? Is this somebody we want? I, I love the fact that they in- they bring the students in because that's your clientele, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they should have some say in whether or not they found this person effective or engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, that's a better, that's a much better gauge as to whether or not this person is a, you know, a good teacher. But um, we were talking too about the whole credentialing programs. And we've said this before, and I've said this before that I, I really, really think that teaching is a profession that requires an apprenticeship. 100%. Yeah. You know, you, you, you need to be in a classroom from the beginning. Before you spend and- all that money. Those yeah. should, those, yeah. those, should, yes, from the beginning of your credential program, right? From the beginning, we, you should have classes that require you to do observations, you, your field work, right? Not just student teaching. I think you can throw out some of these bullshit classes that you, that's paperwork and, you know, okay, so every Tuesday you are going to be, you know, in a classroom and different classrooms, not just the same one. You know what I mean? Oh man, that would have been, I would have loved that. That would have been fantastic. Yes. Like you might think you want to do elementary and then you get into an elementary classroom. You're like, ding, 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 ding. That was me. Right. I, my first teaching job was bilingual third grade and man, in another language, I said, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, (laughs) totally. I was like, oh my God, these kids are like telling on each other. It was just constant teacher, teacher, teacher. And I was like, you know, I would I would be sarcastic and like they didn't get it. I was like, man, what 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 am I doing? And then it was just on a whim that I was able to spend a little bit of time in a seventh grade uh, junior high class. And I was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I had gone to school and I did all the bullshit for for multiple subjects for elementary. So my ass had to go back to school, take a couple more classes so that I was yeah. qualified to be at the, at the, at the single subject level. And I did and it. And if you've been in the classroom, that very first class, you would have known mm-hmm. and you would yes. have wasted all that time yes. and money getting your credential in a place that you didn't belong. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing we, we talked about was 
maybe there does need to be multiple ways in order to become a teacher. Yes. Right. Um, because our, by making everybody have a bachelor's in education, are we really taking away from possible like amazing people that could be in the classroom and teaching, especially if they're on a second career. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, um, I think of this a lot, I think as high school, why, if you have a auto shop class and you have somebody that's been a mechanic for a bazillion years and really knows their stuff, why should, do they have to have a bachelor's degree in order to teach auto mechanics? So our bottom line is that credentials are what? Are they worth it? Is it necessary? What's your final opinion on that? Jen, what do you think? Well, I mean, listening to Sharon, I, I feel like it's worth it you know, like you were saying for science and math, like, yeah, but just I'm biased. I I'm going off my own experience. I, I don't think, I think, I don't think it was worth it the way I did it. I think it would be if, if they, if they redesigned the program and like we said, they were, you know, you were in the class from day one, you know, already doing your field work and hours, then hundred percent, it would be, it would be beneficial and it would be worth it. But the way I did it, no, Mm-mm. I don't think. Sharon, it was. what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's so many good components of it, but so, so much fucking bullshit. And you know, pay for this and jump through this. And like I said, like, like I always say, going to college and getting your bachelor's degree shows that you can fill out paperwork, you can jump through hoops, and you can do what's asked of you. That's basically how I've always said that going to college. That's what a bachelor's degree is, because it doesn't necessarily get you the job that you need but you have to have one in mm-hmm. many jobs. Um, but uh, if we, if we revamped it yeah. <laughs> and did yeah. it the way we wanted to, it would be like way more oh, effective. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And we would make, we would make awesome teachers out of our revision. Yeah. So what would that, what's that revision look like? Yeah. Having them in the classroom ASAP as soon as possible, you know, have them do some observations. The first thing and then have them do the curriculum with the classroom, the curriculum with the classroom. So you learn something, you go do it. You learn something, you go do it. You learn something, oh no, you learn something, you go do it, you reflect. You learn something, yeah. you go do it, you reflect. You learn something, you go do it, you reflect. So everybody gets everybody's experience. And um, like I was just looking at this Cal Poly program for a SPED credential, and it looks like they've taken our ideas they they mind melted us and, and but that's just us. for a sped program though <laughs> right it's just for sped they have a very limited class size um you are you're supposed to it says like get to know your professors very well and you do classroom work with every single class and i think that's i think that would be important although if he had done that I, I might I might have been scared out of it I don't know no because I did subbing first so well I I think a credential is important in the fact that it shows that you have some basic training right in, in that um I don't think it should just be especially in elementary junior high high school uh levels maybe not even in high school as much as elementary but I think elementary teachers need to be very highly trained especially because what they do is foundational. Right, it affects yeah. everybody else. 
Yes. It's like the, it's the bottom level of that house. Right. And if you don't build that correct, then the rest of the house is going to come crashing down. And I almost, I feel like they, there should be special programs and requirements for you to be able to teach at that level. And I don't know that psychology helps that much. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know. The, pro- the problem is, is like knowing how to teach something, mm-hmm. like what works, how do you teach reading? What's the most effective yes. methodology? What are the most effective methodologies for teaching math? I think you need those kinds of, of uh, classes and experience elementary more than psychology and those kinds of things. I think a a good review of literature and and studies on uh, the effectiveness of different programs is super important. Um, And then I also think you need somebody who has a lot of empathy and you can't teach that. You know, you have to have somebody who can relate to kids who um, patients a lot of patience. And I, you also have to have somebody in elementary school has really good, um, scissor skills. With <laughs> they have to cut out a lot of bunnies and trees and do bulletin boards. And you have to be able to do that in order to be an elementary school teacher. I think there should be a class in bulletin board making <laughs> if you're an elementary school teacher. I actually, we had to do that, believe it or not. I, in my school, we had to do a, we did a thing where we had to design bulletin boards that were useful. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of thematic units too, that, that, that weren't even really how it was when you got to real in a real classroom. Right. And the other thing is to the credential fees, I I guess I'd like to see a justification for why it costs a hundred dollars. Like, why isn't it 75? How did they decide like, a hundred dollars for this and fifty dollars for that because they went through their salaries and they divided it up over how many credentials get renewed every year and processed every year and how much money do they need to keep their office open that's That's how you figure it out that's the dumb thing right there i don't get it you know i I know you got to pay people to go through paperwork but um that that was one thing that I just think is just crazy. How do you how do you decide that a credential is worth a hundred dollars? You know that where did that come from? I I want to know that, like because it is expensive. All those things, especially if you don't pass your tests the first time, you have to take them again. <laughs> oh, the tests are a whole different thing, man. That's that's crazy. That's so crazy. those are some pretty gnarly te- tests. That's true. They. They are, but then I also wonder, are they testing you on things that you're going to be teaching? You know, are, are they standards? Are they based on the standards? I never took it, one of them. The only one I took was the C best. C best. To become a substitute I took, teacher. Yeah. I took the NTE. It was, it was hard. And I also had to take the college level English proficiency test, which was on grammar and such. And that was crazy. Um, but the, I remember the English test was testing me, like it would show me pictures from movies, like iconic movies. And I had to know what movie it was from. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. It was, you know, like, is it this from Citizen Kane or does this show? Yeah. It was just like crazy. I don't know. There, is is Citizen I'm, Kane part of the curriculum? No, I'm just saying. That it, was like, was like, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't general. Not, it wasn't like um, English specific to a particular grade level is just like n- literature and knowledge of, you know, uh, interpreting literature overall, you know, it could have been college level classes that was asking me for, but it was hard. 
I remember that. It was really hard. I cried. <laughs> that, that is the common denominator I've heard from everybody who's taken those tests. I cried. It was yeah. hard. It's like, oh, now I feel really dumb. Yeah, I went wow. for the units. Yeah. So anyway, folks, that's it. So here you go. Uh, credentials, I don't know, worth it or not, maybe to a point. Uh, we need to put our, our best credentialed teachers with our most needy students. We need to put our least experienced teachers with our, our students who don't need us as much props because they'll survive. Um, right. I, you know, our, our, our high powered students will overcome the problems of an inexperienced or less knowledgeable teacher and maybe even force that teacher to rise because they'll have a higher expectation of them. It's a reverse thing. But we, d we need to stop putting our our most qualified teachers with the highest achieving students. That's just not working. Uh, I've been as far saying as, that for years. Yeah, it's really hard though, because after a certain number of years teaching and you become, you know, you feel like you earned, you earned something easier, you know, like, I don't want to teach those kids anymore. It's hard. Give me the easy seniors that are going to college and are human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the chrysalis stage children. So they're all in the changing hormones. <laughs> I want the butterfly. Yeah. I want the butter. I want the I want the butterfly. Yes. I want that one. Anyway, so there you go. Here we go. Another another transparency and teaching in the can. In the can. Hopefully not the trash can. No. Yeah. And I would say the film can. So episode 21. So go have some cheers. Yeah, and let us know what what um what is your opinion of credentials? Was your credential worth it? Was your credential program worth it? Um, what's what did you take? What would you do to change the credentialing program? Let us know. Go to transparencyinteaching.com. Leave us some comments there, um, and uh, maybe we can use your comments on our next show. Yeah. Uh, if you if you go visit us on anchor.fm uh, and listen to us there. You can also leave us a voice comment there too. There's a little button for that. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. All right, ladies. There you go. Yay, yay. Have a, have a happy day. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>